Habakkuk chapter 3 verse 17 to 18. Habakkuk 3 verse 17 to 18. Are you with me? Okay, let's read it together. Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food, the flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. Amen. Though everything around me may seem negative, the everything that comes against me, the entire world may come against me, yet I'll rejoice in the Lord of my salvation. Amen? I'll rejoice in the Lord. I will rejoice in the Lord. Amen? Nothing can stop me from rejoicing in the Lord. You cannot stop me from rejoicing in the Lord. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. So, labor in God's word. Amen? Amen. Amen. You know, when I've seen mostly with South Indians, less with North Indians, when South Indians meet each other, they immediately know, Hey, you're Tamilian? You know, and immediately the first statement that comes is, where are you from? <laughs> right? Language is what brings people together. Irrespective of where they are, in which geographic location they are, language unites people. Yes, yes. Amen? When, when they were building the Tower of Babel, God confused them by giving them different languages. And when they were confused, they went out throughout the ends of the earth. They separated. On the day of the Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came upon the church and they spoke in one language. What, what was God doing? God was like, you are united not by color, you're not united by creed, you're not united by the demographic, you are united by the language of God. Yes. See, the Holy Spirit came in the form of the tongues of fire. He could have come in any form, but he chose to come in the form of tongues of fire, clearly saying that you've been united by the language of God. Now it's your time to speak. Amen. Speak. Speak God's word. Amen. That's why I'm saying that the words, the word that you receive from here, bank on it so that you can speak the same language. Amen. Same language. You may be in any part of the world, but when people hear you, they know which church you've, you've come from. Amen. Because you're speaking a language, a unique language. Amen. A unique language. You shall be identified by your language. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. One, one, one of the things that I find in the body of Christ is, is the misunderstanding of faith. Misunderstanding of faith. Everybody, oh Lord, forgive me. Most people misunderstand faith with trust. We usually 
think that faith and trust are synonyms. Faith and trust are different things. Trust is a good thing. Those who trust in the Lord shall be like Mount Zion which cannot be removed. Trust is a good thing but trust is not faith. Faith and trust are very different. Faith and trust are very different. So across, not just the body of Christ, I'm saying across the religions of the world, anybody who follows a religion, you say, oh, are you a faith person? Everybody says, yeah, I'm a person of faith. Implying that they believe in something. I'm a person of faith. If you ask any Christian, they'll say, I'm a person of faith. But the faith that we are talking about is not what they are talking about. You know, the words may sound the same, may be spelt the same, but may have different meaning. Right? Faith is not trust. Faith is not trust. Trust is, you know, you, you, Trust is basically, you just know that God has it. God will take care of it. But faith is not just that. Faith is more than that. Faith is more than trust. Your faith is tested when you face a mountain. Your faith is tested when you face a mountain. Now, what happens is most Believers, when they face a mountain, what's the first thing that they do? When they face a mountain, what's the first thing that they do? And I'm not saying it's necessarily wrong. Please understand this. But I'm just talking about maturity, how you mature. Immature believers, the first thing that they do when they face a mountain is turn to God and pray. Why? Because they trust in God. Isn't that right? Oh God, I have this mountain. I'm not saying that's necessarily, it's not wrong, but I'm talking about maturity. Do you want to mature? Yes. So even if you've been doing that, don't accuse yourself. That's part of growth. You know, before we start walking, we crawl. Right? So when you see a mountain, if you're turning to the Lord and saying, God, remove this mountain, that's not faith. That is trust. A lot of times, our immediate response to storms and mountains is, yeah, I don't know, but God will take care of it. What if I tell you, God wants you to take care of it? How do you define maturity? When you were a baby, your parents fed you, Right? When you're an infant, you know, they breastfeed you. Then slowly, slowly, food becomes solid. But maturity is when you can make your own food. When you can buy your own food. So I understand when an infant is being breastfed, you know, the mother feeds the infant, but it's not looking good looking to the eyes when you see a 24-year-old being fed by the mother. Drink from a bottle. 
that doesn't sound right something is wrong so maturity is when you grow and you can respond you can respond maturely okay that's maturity now what did i say your faith is tested when you face a mountain a lot of times our response to seeing a mountain is trust oh i trust god god will take care of this but faith has to be much more than that what did jesus say when you face a mountain what should you do mark 11:23 come with me to mark 11:23 what did jesus say okay jesus said truly i say to you whoever says to this mountain he did not say whoever prays to this mountain whoever says to this mountain what does it say whoever says to this mountain be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart but believes that what not what he prays what he says will come to pass it will be done for him faith is when you see the mountain that you <laughs> you look at the mountain and you say you be taken up and be lifted up and put in the sea faith is speaking to the mountain faith is not praying when you see a mountain the problem is most of us we pray only when we see a mountain when we see a mountain we are the most spiritual people ask young college people they'll be more spiritual during exam times most more spiritual when when they have a breakup the other guys the married guys they are more spiritual when they are lacking in finances right faith is speaking to the mountain when you see a mountain you speak to the mountain you don't pray when you speak to the mountain we pray to god for intimacy say with me intimacy intimacy is into me you see intimacy i open up my heart so that you can see me but i'm not praying so that you can do this for me so we are not coming to god like we go to shopkeepers and vendors and ask something god do this for me you know we're not trying to twist god's arm through prayer through prayer we're getting to know his heart and align our hearts with him most fasting prayers and people don't find any result through fasting prayers is because they're trying to twist god's arm to fulfill their desires lord i need a better job i need this promotion oh god open this door for me god does not need twisting of his arms you need twisting of his arms you get what i'm saying his will is good perfect and pleasing his will needs need not change his mind need not change your and my minds and hearts needs to be changed so in prayer we don't prayer because it's like a uh, oh i have hit a storm so i need to pray we don't pray for those things we pray for intimacy we pray and we spend time because we love god and we know that god loves us 
But when mountains come, we don't pray. We speak to the mountain. We speak to the mountain. We see sickness, we speak to the sickness. We see lack, we speak to lack. Do you understand the difference between faith and trust? Faith is built on trust. Of course, trust is, I know that God will take care of it. Faith is built on trust, but it is, it is worked out by your speaking. It is worked out by your speaking. Faith works by speaking. I love what Brother Kenneth Hagin said once, you know. Faith can work even without praying. Faith can work by speaking. And then he said, faith can also work by praying. But you still need to speak. We don't have a shortage of praying Christians. We have a shortage of Christians who pray and speak in faith. That's why praying and speaking God's word needs to be balanced. You need a balance of God's word and praying. God's word and praying. Amen. So what do you do when you look at a mountain? Speak. Speak. Don't start praying. Speak. If you start praying, that's fine. But you need to be filled with God's presence and assurance so much that you start speaking. Amen? Because if you don't speak, nothing is going to happen. It awaits on your words. Amen? So speak. Hallelujah. Come on. Uh, faith. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Say with me, faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. Now I told you the difference between faith and trust. What's the difference between faith and hope? Faith is not hope. Faith is the assurance of hope. Okay? Faith is the assurance of hope. It's the substance. It's the assurance of hope. So for example, if hope is the house that you're going to buy, faith is the will. Faith is the deed, title deed. Faith is the assurance of hope. So when you got the title lead, you got the house. Even though you're not in the house, you got the house. So hope could be futuristic. But faith is always present. That's why it says, now faith is. That word is, is very important. Now faith is. Faith is now. Hope is Hope is what God has promised to us. Faith is the assurance of what God has promised to us in hope. So faith brings the reality of hope right now. 
Like for example, I was going to get the house and I got the title deed, but I can't move into the house because of some reason, you know, because the house is not yet ready. But because I have that title deed, I'm behaving, I'm acting, I'm speaking as if I've got the house. I've got the joy as if I'm the owner of the house. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Amen? Faith is the substance of hope. So one of the important things about faith is to understand that faith begins with hope. Without hope, you can't have faith. How can you have a title deed if you don't know which house you're going to buy? Faith is the substance of hope. Hope comes from God's word. Hope comes from knowing God's will for your life. Amen? Okay, so read with me Romans chapter 15 verse 13. Romans 15 verse 13. Just the first line. May the God of hope May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. May the God of hope fill you with all joy, all peace in believing. Without hope, you can't have faith. Faith begins with hope. Why does faith begin with hope? What is that thing that hope brings? What is that thing that hope brings? See, how does God communicate to us hope? It says, no? may the God of hope fill you up. How does God communicate hope to us? That is later. Joy and peace is later. But how does he communicate hope? How do you have hope? When you have hope, how do you have hope? How do you know that I have hope? Yeah, I have hope. You're struggling with sickness, but suddenly you have hope. How does God communicate hope? What is the medium that God uses to communicate hope? Images. Say with me, God uses hope through imagination. Imagination. God uses images. When Abraham was struggling to believe, what did God say? Abraham, come out. Come out of your tent. Look up in the stars. How many stars can you count? What was God doing? He was building his imagination. Then he said, can you count? No. Look at the sand. Can you count? That's how you are going to be blessed. Imagination. God communicates hope through imagination. He gives you pictures where can you find those pictures? This has too many pictures. Too many pictures. Did you know that how you operate in your life is out of the imagination that you have? We don't even know 90% of the imaginations that we are thinking throughout the day. Because it's automatic, right? It's automatic. When we are 
when we are stranded on the road and there's a lot of traffic, automatically our imagination causes us to say something. It's automatic. We have been programmed. Our imaginations are programmed. Through years of conditioning, our imaginations are programmed. So we say a certain way, we respond to a certain way, we, we react to a certain, you know, to a certain situation is because our imagination has been programmed. The Bible says in Proverbs, uh, come with me, Proverbs uh, 23 verse 7. Proverbs 23 verse 7. I like the NKJV on this, not the ESV. NKJV says, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. So your imagination determines how you behave. You can't be imagining lack all the time and expect to behave like a generous person. Your imaginations determines how you behave. One more verse. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23. Keep your heart with all vigilance for from it flows the springs of life. So your heart from your heart flows your life. Do you know the life that you're living is not the life that I'm living? We all live individual lives, right? We're not living the same life. In fact, the reality that we live is also very different. Because in all of our realities, the sun is not revolving around the earth, the sun is revolving around us. The entire solar system is revolving around us, right? That's our reality. In my reality, you are not, I'm not revolving around you. So all of our reality is different. And it is determined what goes in our heart. It, it is determined from what is there in our heart. From, from whatever, whatever is there in our heart flows out to become the experience of our life. What we call life is actually flowing out from our heart. That's why he says, guard your heart with all vigilance. Because if you have negative things, you will face negative things in your life. But most times what happens is when we face negative, negative things, we are like always complaining. Man, But we don't realize that you are actually projecting what is there in your heart. It's nobody else's fault. But if you fill your heart with good things, good things will flow. Because imagination and confession are connected. You only confess what you're imagining. You're only confessing what you're imagining. That's why Jesus says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If you put good things in your heart, good things will flow out. If you put bad things in your heart, bad things will flow out. When your words do not align with what's there in your heart, you call yourself a hypocrite. That's why Jesus looked at the Pharisees and he said, Oh, you hypocrites! How can you speak good things when your heart is evil? So when we say speaking to the mountain, you can't, you're not just speaking to the mountain like a robot. Your picture, the picture that you have in your heart needs to change. Your imagination needs to change. Before you speak to the mountain, you have to see the mountain be removed in your heart. 
Because if your heart is not aligned with what you speak, you're a hypocrite. You're just saying words. You don't believe it. That's why believing is not of the mind. Believing is of the heart. Your heart. Believing is, yes, that's what you speak, what you confess is the final thing. Yes. But before that, what, what are the images that are there in your heart? What are the images that are there in your heart? You know, Moses sends 12 spies to spy the land. Right? And they all come back. Only two give good report. The 10 spies says, we saw ourselves as grasshoppers in their eyes. Nobody told them that they were grasshoppers. Did anybody say? No giant came to them and said, hey, you're a grasshopper. And you <laughs> they saw themselves as grasshopper in their eyes. Same condition, same land, same people, but two guys, they were like, Moses, tell us, we will go and possess this. Because the picture that they had in their heart about themselves was not the picture that the other 10 people had. The picture that these 10 people had were, oh, we are a grasshopper, they are giants. But the picture that Joshua and Caleb had was the God who was with them. So they didn't care about how small they were. They didn't care about how much resources they lacked because their imagination, in their imagination, they, the picture that they had was of God's presence with them. Amen. Amen. David, he goes and meets this giant, Goliath, who's 10 feet tall. What do you think gave him the assurance to go and fight him? It was not his strength. But he knew, the Lord who helped me to kill the lion, to kill the bear, the same Lord will deliver me out of this Philistine. So in his imagination, he already saw that the Lord has delivered him. See, we think imagination is child's play. Because when you were children, you used to imagine, right? All of you were imagining. Do you believe? Yes. Like, be even before Avatar came, I was thinking about all of those things. You know, Avatar just came now. We encourage children to imagine. We don't, nobody encourages children to imagine. But it's like default. A default setting of children to imagine. But somehow, when we become adult and we mature, we think imagination is just... It's just a thing of the mind. Do you know imagination is a reality in itself? That God sees and God, you know, God, God justifies you based on your imagination. Meaning God judges you based on your imagination. Your imagination is a true reality. Jesus said, the law says if you commit adultery, you have sinned. But I say that if you have Thought lustfully. How do you think lustfully? Imagine. That's why a lot of us are murderers and robbers. And <laughs> Even though we haven't done it. But praise be to Jesus. We have been delivered by the blood of Jesus. Imagination is a true reality. What happens 
here in our mind, in our heart, the images that happens is a true reality. So it is very important that our imagination is sanctified by God's word. A lot of us have wrong pictures in our hearts. It could be based, it could be because of the years of conditioning. It could be based on, you know, what words that your parents spoke over you. Or oh, you'll not be successful. You'll always be a failure. You're useless. Or, you know, somebody said something. It could be years of conditioning which has given you a picture about how you see yourself. Those pictures can only be removed when you replace it intentionally by laboring in the word. That's why Paul says, now may the God of hope fill you. Because when you have these images that comes from hope, it gives you these emotions of the kingdom reality of joy and peace. So faith begins with hope. Hope is what? Pictures, imagination. But that imagination should draw out the kingdom reality from within you. There's a kingdom reality within you. Romans 14, 17. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. There's a reality of joy and peace and righteousness within you. So when God fills you with hope, with these pictures, you're basically drawing out these realities. You're overflowing in peace. You're overflowing in joy. That's why, you know, when, when, I, when I was speaking the other day, I said, when you declare, declare in joy. I'm blessed. <laughs> blessed in the city. Blessed in the village. You don't even believe what you're saying. So the picture that you have, if you stay in that picture, stay in that hope that God gives you through those pictures, it will burst in joy and peace. Now may God of hope fill you up with all joy, all peace. Stay in that picture. Stay in that picture. So it begins with hope. It leads to the drawing of the kingdom reality of joy and peace. And then, finally, what do you do? You speak. You speak. When you are believing in your heart, a lot of times, the devil will bring doubts in your mind. It's absolutely okay. It's absolutely okay. If you have doubts in your mind, it's absolutely okay. But just make sure that you have the right pictures and the right emotions. Because believing is of the heart. Believing is not of the mind. Believing is of the heart. Because I'm telling you, a lot of us, we disqualify ourselves when we are believing in faith. We disqualify ourselves because we had these thoughts of doubts. Right? Suddenly these thoughts of doubts come. No, this will not happen. This is absolutely impossible. It's absolutely fine. Just reject those thoughts and stand on God's word by believing in those pictures that God gave you and rejoice. Rejoice. Now, may the God of hope fill you with all joy, all peace in believing. So faith does begin with hope, 
But the process is, faith begins with hope, that hope brings joy and peace. And that joy and peace, you speak it out. Because faith is incomplete without action. So you speak it out. You see how imagination and confession, how they're connected? Imagination and confession, they're connected because you believe in your heart and you speak with your mouth. Romans 10, 9. Now, if you confess that Jesus is Lord and you believe that he raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. So you have to confess what you believe. You have to confess what you believe. Amen? Okay, I, I just want to read one story with you because it really impacted me during the fasting prayer. We were meditating on the story. And my dear friend, Sage, you know, he was taking us through the story. So if you have your Bible, turn with me to Matthew 15. Matthew 15. From verse 22. Matthew 15. Verse 22. Is it there? Okay. And behold, a Canaanite woman. Who's a Canaanite woman? She's a Gentile. She's not an Israelite. Okay? She's a Gentile. She's not part of God's covenant with Moses. See that? Now behold, and behold, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and was crying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. If you can underline that, how, he, how she addressed him. Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. So this woman comes out of nowhere. She's a Gentile. She comes to Jesus and says, please have mercy upon me and deliver my daughter. How does Jesus respond? The first time, what did he say? He did not answer her a word. He completely ignores her. Not a great response, Jesus. Completely ignores her. Completely ignores her. But then, and his disciples came and begged him, saying, send her away, for she is crying out after us. That means even when Jesus ignored her, she did not stop. That's faith. She did not stop. She is crying. She's coming with everything that she has. Okay? And then, but Jesus answers, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. The first time, he ignores. The second time, he says, I've not come for her. Wow. How can you be more rude than this? I've come only to the lost sheep of Israel. Now, but she came and knelt before him saying, Lord, help me. And he answered, it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Basically, Jesus is calling her a dog. Jesus ignores her, rejects her and is insulting her. You see this? Ignores, rejects, insulting her. But see the posture of this lady. She said, yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's 
table. Then Jesus answered saying, Oh woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. You know what happened? This woman had great faith. You know why she had great faith? Because she did not let circumstances define the word that she was believing for. See, I'm saying if a pastor says no, it's a whole different thing. This is Jesus who is rejecting her. But she's like, this is the word that I've received. This is there in God's word. I will stand upon God's word more than my circumstances. I've been rejected. I've been rejected. I've been insulted. I've been ignored. I don't care about that. I'll stand upon God's word. And God's, God's word says, God's word told Abraham that you shall be a blessing to nations. So I'll believe on that. Look at how she addresses Jesus. He says, son of David. Son of David. She was claiming on to the promise of the seed of Abraham, the seed of David. That will become a blessing to all nations. She was claiming on that word. So she didn't care when Jesus ignored her, rejected her, insulted her. She was standing on the word. When everything come out against you and comes in conflict with the word that you are believing, do you double down and stand on that word again? Yes, 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 yes. Amen. This is what I heard from Pastor Bill Winston. Then when things are not going your way as you have believed and you hope for, will you double down and stand on God's word? Double down. You may lose the immediate battle. You may lose the immediate battle. But I'm telling you, oh gosh. People of faith. The righteous shall live by faith. The righteous shall live by faith. Not by finances. Not by name. Not by fame. The righteous shall live by faith. Faith begins with hope. Hope comes by images, imagination. That imagination has to flow into your emotions where you experience joy and peace. And then finally out of your mouth, you confess God's word. My message is titled Ingredients of Faith. These are the ingredients. Imagination that comes by hope. Emotions that comes by the reality of the kingdom, joy and peace, and speaking the word. Speaking the word. For whoever believes, for those who believe, nothing will be impossible. That's what Jesus said. Amen? So we might, you know, in the immediate circumstances, there might be overpowering circumstances. There might be some losses here and there, but can I tell you, my Bible says, Romans 8, 28, for in everything, God brings out together for good. Amen. Not everything that happens to us is good and not every bad thing that happens to us is from God. God is not the messenger of death. God is not the messenger of sickness. God is not the messenger of lack. Yes. But in everything, he brings together out for good. Good, good. 
That's why we stand firm because we have a bright future. Our report card is Jesus. Oh, we have a bright future in Jesus. We have a bright future in Jesus. We are moving from glory to glory, glory to glory, strength to strength, faith to faith. Yes, the God of hope will fill you with all joy and peace in believing. God of hope will fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you will abound in hope. By the power of the Holy Spirit you will abound in hope. You will abound in hope. You will abound in hope. You will never lack in hope. You will never lack in hope. I speak in the name of Jesus that your imagination is being sanctified by the blood of Jesus. Your wrong pictures that you have, the conditioning of so many years that the devil has spoken lies over you is being cancelled. Every record is being cancelled in the name of Jesus. The blood of Jesus sanctifies every imagination, every stronghold be broken. The weapons of warfare that we have is not carnal. The weapons of warfare that we have is spiritual, bringing down every philosophy, every principle, every stronghold in the obedience of Jesus. In the obedience of Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Yes, 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 yes. Overflow. Overflow, overflow. Overflow, overflow. 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 Yes, overflow. Overflow, overflow. Overflow. Amen, amen, amen. Check this out. This woman, she did not let her experience, she did not let her experience define the word. But she let the word define her experience. She let the word define her experience. Cling to the word more than your experience. Cling to the word more than your experience. Cling to God's word. His word is like a rock. You're standing upon this rock. Lighthouse, your foundation is the rock. You're standing on the rock. God's word is always true. Let every man be proved a liar, but God be true. Let every man be a liar, but God be true. We believe in the faithfulness of God. We believe in the faithfulness of God. Yes. Oh, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. We worship you. Yes, yes, yes. Ah, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Oh, come on, come on, come on, come on. Now, may the God of hope fill you. Fill you with all joy and peace and believing. Fill you. You will abound in hope. You will abound in hope. You'll abound in hope. Yes, yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, amen.